Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with MC and the Missile this morning. That's Michael Karianis and James Magnuson as we fill the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. If you missed any of the first hour, catch up via the podcast. Now, overnight, in case you missed it, the Brisbane Heat have claimed this year's Big Bash title with a 54-run win over the Sydney Sixers at the SCG. Still four balls to come in this over. Sock goes for the slog and he's out. The Brisbane Heat win BBL 13 convincingly at the SCG. Finally, finally, those beaters north of the border win something. <laughs> they lost the NRL grand final, the NRLW yes. grand final, the AFL grand final. Okay, Brisbane, you can have this one. Here's the handball. Take the BBL, whatever. Uh, we were talking this morning off the back of that MC about villains from Queensland. People that we love to hate yes. growing up. So my two were Justin Hodges, Sam Thiday. Your two. I went uh, Nate Miles and Gordon Tallis. So now that our Queensland listeners are no longer with us, unless they're listening via the app, of course, text us in. Really open up on these guys now. 0457 736 736. The Queensland villains that you love to hate. Uh, of course, last night was Sock, Steve O'Keefe's last game of cricket ever. He said he finished on 99 wickets. 99 wickets. That's a little disappointing, but hey, 99 wickets is a cool number. Don Bradman finished on an average of 99. <laughs> That's so the same. There's some real, there's <laughs> some some real, real correlation they there. They also both played at the SCG. There you go. Uh, all right, let's have a listen to Sock's last wicket. He finished with one for 26. 11 overs oh, later. Oh, big shout oh, from O'Keefe and Philippi. They're going upstairs. DRS challenge from Moses Enriquez, and why not? Crowd getting behind this oh, one. Oh, it's out. There's an arm ball. Yeah, it's out. And that will be out. One more to join the 100 Club. Realistically, it was pretty much the biggest wicket of the night. That was mm. Josh Brown, who was on 50-odd at the time. We won't talk about him getting out in the last ball, going for a, <laughs> <laughs> going for a slog. But uh, great career by Steve O'Keefe. He's finished up now. So he can spend more time with us here at SEN. Nice. Uh, the pick of the bowlers for the Brisbane Heat was probably Spencer Johnson. He took four for 26. In comes Johnson. Left arm over the wicket, straight through, knocked him over. Or he gets out. Edwards goes, Johnson delivers. Philippi, 23 off 21 deliveries. Has hit it into the air. This will be end of Josh Philippi. The third wicket falls. A big breakthrough. And that's Kerr taking a swing. Johnson will chase it down. Caught and bowled. And he gets another wicket, Spencer Johnson. Uh, all right, enough cricket. I want to talk tennis now. Nick Kyrgios, uh, talk to me about this developing story. Very strange. So Nick Kyrgios penned a, a column in the Herald yesterday, and I'll read you the first part. I sat down with my agent a couple of days ago to talk about my future. The re reality is there is part of me that knows my time in the sport may be over, and I'm okay with it. Okay? That's Nick's. That's not, and that's not a huge surprise to anyone, right? He's barely played in 18 months. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, right? And yeah. th but this is Nick's own column, okay? Yep. I'm sure someone else writes it. I'd and... be very surprised if Nick wrote that. <laughs> <Right? laughs> and generally speaking, the way these columns go, uh, depending on, on the Did athlete. Did you say it was Herald or uh, Her News? Herald. Herald, okay. Um, but generally speaking, I haven't done a lot of ghost writing, but generally you would have done a few in your time. Um, I've, yeah, I've had ghostwriters. <laughs> uh, where, you know, you, you have a conversation with the yeah. journal and uh, and the athlete and, and you work out what you want to talk about. You still get final edit, though, as the athlete. That's what I was about to say. Generally speaking, what would happen is that the, the journalist would then email the copy 
to the athlete and the athlete would sign off on it. Yep. And that's generally the way it, way, way it works. So obviously from that, people have taken out that Nick Kyrgios is considering retiring or Correct. his career may be over. Makes fair sense. assumption. Very fair. But this is what Nick had to say about his own column. Hey guys, so I've woken up today and realised about some articles going around saying that I'm retired and I'm not going to play anymore and I just want to just clear it up like it's absolute nonsense. Yes, the last year has been tough with injury, my knee, my wrist, but I'm hungry as ever, constantly rehabbing in the gym. You know, part of the reason why I'm commentating and doing all these things around AOs to still feel that fire and still be a part of it. So I just want to let everyone know, all my fans, I'm coming back. Stay tuned. But there's plenty left in the tank. Don't stress. There's plenty left in the tank. Don't stress. Shall I repeat what he wrote? Yes. The reality is there is a part of me that knows my time in the sport may be over. And I'm okay with that. I've had people crap on my stories before, mm. but I don't think I've ever had to crap on my own. That is so confusing. <laughs> it's so, it's so, so confusing. It, it's such Nick areas. It is. Right? Like, good luck. You know, we're big fans, right? We love watching him play. I love watching And, and, and we're definitely missing something, this Australian yeah. Open, not having him as part of it. So we're certainly not Nick bashers by any stretch, right? Like, no. I'm a casual tennis fan, and when Nick's playing, I'm watching, right? So I, I enjoy the, the theatre of it, but it's so bizarre for a guy to pen a column and then retract his own, words. own yeah. words yeah saying oh you've read headlines mate they're your call it's your <laughs> column they're your headlines i wouldn't be surprised if you spent a day in the head of nick curios i wouldn't be surprised if you woke up one day thinking i'm going to retire from tennis and then the following day <laughs> thinking i'm going to be world number one it feels like it could be a bit of a roller coaster within his own psyche oh so good very weird areas uh all right let's talk a little bit of nrl now mc Season's still a while away, but but let's talk some yeah. NRL. So we started yesterday, and it's going to run um, for the next couple of weeks when I'm on, um, looking at the, the players at your club that's under pressure. Okay? Yep. Not necessarily the best player. Um, not necessarily the best player or the most important player, but players that have you know come to the club or had a down year last year, whatever the case may be. Okay. So um, yesterday we did the Raiders and the Sharks, and I did Josh Papalihi and Toby Rudolph. Yep. All right. So it'll be different, right? Yep. I'm not going for the most obvious ones every yep. time. So today we're going to do your Bulldogs uh -oh. and the North Queensland Cowboys. How many players can we say from the Bulldogs one in one each. segment? Only uh, one, 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 one. One. Okay. So, this, this will be interesting. So the one I'm going for at Canterbury is Drew Hutchinson. Mm, okay. Not, okay. Not the highest profile player, not their best player, not their most important player. Okay. But... He, he could become well, – what they've lacked Canterbury over the last couple of years for a long time now is a controlling half, right? Yep. A guy that can um, steer the, the, the ship around and, and, and make sure that, you know, there's a good kick pressure, a uh, good kick, build some pressure, a uh, good passing game, right? They've signed Drew Hutchison to be that senior half. To, to, Starting? He should start. Okay. Right? I assume he's going to start. Okay, because of of the way that that lineup is, you look at their outside backs when you've got, you know, Adokar, Kiraz, Stephen Crichton, outstanding players. Okay, with some speed to burn, 
So what they need to do is is have a half that all he needs is to try and feed those guys, take some pressure off Matt Burden if Matt Burden's going to be the six and allow him to run. Because Matt Burden's shown that he's not an organizing half. So Drew Hutchinson, if he's going to battle with Toby Sexton... So Are you basing that off his performances on field or the fact that he thinks the earth is flat? Both. <laughs> both. Mate, he's your mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> so, so that's... that's well, I've gone with Drew Hutchinson, right? Come yeah. from the Roosters, good system, experienced half now. You know, he's been in and out of first grade for the Roosters, but was a really important member there for the last couple of years. And mm. um, So if he can play in that number seven jersey and guide that side around, take some pressure off Matt Burden, free Matt Burden up, free Stephen Crichton up, free Blake Taff up, they've got points in them, Canterbury. What sort of money would Drew Hutchinson be on? I'm not sure. Uh, it's no, he, you know, he'd be the low if he starts in round one wearing number seven, he'd be the, the lowest paid half in the game. I'd say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And are we hearing any whispers between uh, Sexton Hutchison? Who's going to start? Or? Not yet. No. Yeah. I ha- like they're up in the air counter because they've got so many different combinations that they're looking at too, yeah. right? In terms of. Stephen Crichton, Matt Burden. The back line's all over the shop. It's all over the shop, right? Josh Adokar's the only one where you can say, okay, he's going to be on the wing. Everyone else is is up for grabs. I think Kieras will be on the wing, but he could potentially play in the centres as well. You've got Bronson Sherry there. There's lots going on in Canterbury's back A couple of unforgotten players. Blake Wilson had a really good finish to the season, but I think the most wasted talent at this point at the Bulldogs, Jarrell Skelton. Mm. Saw glimpses of him, but if you've watched some of his highlights from New South Wales Cup, oh, beast. Beast of a player, but probably won't make his way into this 17. All right, that's the Bulldogs. Drew Hutchison, player under pressure. Cowboys. Jason Tamalolo. Oh, yeah. This, for me, is an easy one, right? Because if you look at the, you know, he's on about a million dollars a year, Mm -hmm. was the most damaging player in the game. Signed a Mm -hmm. 10-year deal. I think he's still got four years left of that contract. All right, And if you look at his numbers last year, uh, 31 tackle breaks compared to 80 the year before 22 offloads only three last year oh man 156 average run meters down to 143 right he's just not having the the same impact that we've seen him have before um he's no doubt explosive no doubt an outstanding player but um you look at that that north queensland forward pack and they got some really good young players and I've said this before that if I was looking at a way to try and and get that salary cap in shape and keep those young players, then I'd start looking at what Jason Tamalolo is offering because you're not getting bang for your buck at all at the moment. So I I think that's an interesting one to watch. Um, You know, he had limited preparation last year. Um, you know, injuries and the like, but his minutes are well down, his impact's well down, and we saw the ramifications that it had on North Queensland, who didn't make the eight. Is he a lock still at this day and age? Depends on how you play, because you can yeah. play, your locks can have two roles. You can play as an extra prop or as a ball playing. Um, yeah. He's got to play in the middle, right? He can't play on an edge. So yeah. whether he's wearing 13 or is it prop, you know, Ruben Cotter was basically playing that lock role anyway yeah. with Tamalolo more like a prop, I'd say, when they're they're all starting. So... That doesn't make a, a huge difference to me where what number he wears. But, um, you know, Todd Payton's been aware of the fact that he can't play 80 minutes anymore. No doubt. No worries. I've got no worries with Jason Tomololo's minutes coming down. But he's just not having the same impact that he once had. And you're paying huge money for him. Well, those statistics you read out, that's not a million-dollar player. No chance. 
that's at best a five hundred thousand dollar player. What would Jason Tamalolo be worth on the open market now? Sixes. Someone would probably give him sevens, right? Sevens. I'd say. And that's probably based more off reputation than current form and knowing what his ceiling is, yeah. which is best forward like in the game. And a club like Canterbury who's desperate for an established middle would throw at that at him. Yeah. No issue whatsoever, yeah, good right? Point. So it just depends on, on, on what you'd want. You know, Melbourne who would be looking for an experienced middle. Yeah. You know, someone like that would, would try and give him decent so money. If, but if, if, if uh, Bulldogs would give him, say, 700 a year, and he's on a million a year, then the Cowboys could clear 700k a year off their cap if they could move him on potentially over the next 12 to 18 And look months. at, you know, bumping up Hill and Lukey and, you know, those sort of young players that they've got. So that's a decision that they may have to make at some stage this year. All right. Our top stories are the Heat beating the Sydney Sixers. Nick Kyrgios debating his own article. Players <laughs> under pressure. <laughs> the Bulldogs and the Cowboys. Bitter reaction. Uh, Frank said the Sixers fielding was a... Bo- a Abominable. I don't think I can say that word. Abominable. Well, I didn't think there was any words that could stump me like that, but here we are. Uh, we gifted them 40 runs, says Frank. Uh, Ray Kyrgios, Don of Melbourne, says, is this because his sponsors threatened to tear up his contracts? That's a really good point. If he's got sponsors, sponsorship deals for, you know, three, four years into the future and they hear that he's going to retire... They'd be on the stri- on the phone straight away to his management saying, "What's doing? Yeah. Like, we're not going to keep sponsoring yeah, if he's maybe, not going to play." Maybe Bathurst Bulldog says every single bulldog under pressure. <laughs> I'm saying it like that because there was a full stop under each word, but I I tend to agree. Bathurst Bulldog. Who would you nominate if for the Bulldogs under the most pressure this year? I'd say Matt Burton. Mm. Um, he's on big money. He's paid to be a half. There's chat of him going to the centres. There's no way he can afford to be paying you two centres seven eight hundred thousand a year in Crichton and. Yeah, can't do it. That's ridiculous cap management if he's going to play center. I, I don't think he will. But when the Bulldogs really struggled at the back end of last year, uh, and I'm sure he'll admit this himself, himself he was really ordinary. Mm. And he needed to be the one leading that team. Uh, the Coffs Tiger says, top three villains from Queensland. Cameron Smith, Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith. <laughs> uh, the Reptile says, G'day, Shaggers. Queensland villains. Nate Hammerhead Miles. Billy Butter Wouldn't Melt in My Mouth Slater. And Wendell, I Love Myself Sailor. Also, Wally the King Lewis. I'm sure that's a sentiment shared by many. Uh, another set of Queensland villains, Pauline Hanson and Bob Catter, says Rooster Man. <laughs> Going a little political now. Uh, Western Sydney Eagle, Queensland villains, Anastasia Palachek. Yeah, she's get some votes, I reckon. Uh, g'day, fellas. I really hope the delegates of the Australian Olympic Committee are not attending the Paris Olympic Games. How can they just justify themselves going when they are sending the athletes home? Maza. Well, I'll give you one guess at whether they're going or not, Maza. And <laughs> are they going for the whole time? I imagine of if they're there they for are. two weeks. They will be there for two weeks. All right. You can call us during the show, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I've got Tom from Penrith on the line. Morning, Tom. Morning, mate. How you going? Very well. Now, you reckon you know where the first Winter Olympic Games were held in Paris? What was it? Uh, in France. What was the name of the city? Uh, I believe it was Chamonix. Chamonix. There we go. Nice. All right. You get a Signet Power Boost Bank. Congratulations, Tom. Uh, Tom from Penrith. You a Penrith Panthers fan by any chance? Of course, of course. <laughs> Are we looking at a four, Pete? Oh, hoping so. I feel like I feel like maybe the roster changes might might catch up to us, but 
we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. We'll get to Penrith at some stage during my previews, but who do you think is the player most under pressure at the Panthers uh, in 24? Um, well, I mean, I feel like Luai is yeah. under the most pressure because he's got you know, that $1.2 million price packet on under his belt now, so he's probably going to have to prove himself. But, I mean, uh, that'll probably be next year's problem for him to be able to prove himself. But, um, yeah, there's heaps of young guns to watch out for. Um, that'll be breaking through again. As as every year it happens at Penrith, when we have uh, players leaving, we'll have more up-and-comings come back up through the ranks too. Yeah, it must be really tough being at Penrith. Tom, congrats <laughs> on winning the prize. Uh, and very humble too. I'd be... Shouting from the rooftops for Pete. They have to be favourites for a four Pete, regardless of roster changes. They're just a juggernaut. All right, we're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. You're with MC and the Missile. We've been talking Queensland villains this morning after the Brisbane Heat claimed this year's big bash title overnight with a 54-run win over the Sydney Sixers. Queensland Villas Roosterman says Wayne Bennett because he's too good. Kevin Walters, because he's too nice and he has a great sense of humour. Yeah, Lionel's back on the text. Justin Hodges, uh, Wally Lewis, Billy Slater, Wendell Saylor, and Brent Reid. Brent Reid. <laughs> Lionel does not like Brent Reid. Is Reid born in Queensland? Yeah, he's a Queenslander. Because he yeah. lives in, he's in Northern Beaches Northern now. Beaches, yeah. He's yeah. a Queenslander. All right, guys. Our time now for a sports bet update. Make it look easy with sports bet. Chances are you're about to lose. All right. I want to... The Powerball tonight. Yes. MC, $150 million. I don't know what the odds are of winning. It must be a million to one. Uh, so I wanted to go a $26 multi, like the $26 Powerball mm-hmm. ticket, to get us to as close to $100 million as we can. Hemi, can you help me out? Good morning, boys. Look, I, I did get some very short notice from Ben uh, down the line <laughs> in the green room before I came on air to try and whip something together. I haven't quite been able to get something that big, but I've, I've probably found a few things that are comparable to winning um, winning the lotto, uh, okay. you know, across the, the sporting landscape today. The first one would probably be the West Indies to win the Test match at the Gabba. Uh, you're getting twenty nine dollars <laughs> for that. Um, I think you've probably got a similar chance of, of taking home the big the big fish in the uh, in the Powerball. And um, the other one would be we've got a, a Test series kicking off today: England versus India uh, over in the subcontinent. India to win that one. Sorry, England to win that one five nil. That'll get you one hundred and fifty to one, uh, which seems unders, but also probably similar similar chances. <laughs> hey, can I just ask you, Hemi? So I, I honestly think you're better odds putting a twenty six dollar multi on with you know, huge odds than winning the Powerball. So, what are some of the biggest multis you've ever seen go off? Are we talking fifty grand, hundred grand? What's what's the biggest you've seen? Oh, I wouldn't know. There's, there's been some. There's definitely been some big ones, and I, the, probably the, the biggest ones I've seen are. We, you see some guys just go on a big tear, multing together lots of uh, football matches from yeah. around the world, or, or you know, almost basically uh, tipping the card for like a round of EPL or something like that. Yeah. Um, those are probably some of the biggest ones that I've, I've sort of seen put together. But uh, yeah, there's been some, there's been some. Um, some interesting ones over the, the journey for sure. All right, so the test match does start today. We know that West Indies are long odds, but are there any markets where we can find some value? Maybe how long the test will last, highest run scorers or wicket takers? Yeah, look, there's a couple there that I've, I've kind of identified, I think, Missile, that, that could be good here. So the head-to-head price, basically, Australia, $1.17, West Indies, 38 bucks. Uh, the draw, I don't think, will happen now based on the weather. That was a bit of a concern there, $5.50. It's a pink ball test. You've got to remember as well, last year it was a red ball test up at the Gabba. 
and it still only lasted two days. So I don't mind the option for the game to finish in two days. That, that'll get you $18 uh, on the sports bet uh, site. The other one that's probably worth a look is the game to finish in three days, which you get you $2.80, but maybe it's, a, maybe it's a two-day play there that you're looking at uh, in that particular one. The other, the other market that maybe stands out, Missile, is uh, the Aussies to win by an innings, which will get you $2.10 as well. So obviously not a lot of value head-to-head, but hopefully there's a couple of things there that, uh, that might make it interesting. So win by an innings, does that mean they don't have to come into bat a second time? Is that how that works? Correct. Uh, That's right. Yep. Which is very nearly the case last time. Yep. <laughs> and you touched on India v England. What other markets do you have there? Yeah, well, India, MC, $1.43 uh, to win the first test. England, $3.70. The draw, 10 bucks here. So a big dust bowl uh, over there, as you'd expect. Uh, I think that a big futures bet that all of the listeners this morning can get around, really get bring everyone together before footy season kicks off, India 5-0 uh, to win the series. And that'll get you five bucks. And I think that's just a good opportunity to come together, uh, you know, and watch England fail a little bit, which is uh, always a good thing to do. <laughs> They've been failing really well recently too. So I like that. Good value. Uh, Triple J, yeah. hottest bun hundred just quickly. Yeah. Well, this is one of, right up your alley, this one, I would have thought. Uh, Missile, basically the market is telling us it looks like it's going to be a race in three. And MC, one of your favourites here, Doja Cat's Painted mm. Town Red, mm. $1.90 favourite. Um, uh, and it's been one of our best backs as well. Dom Dollar's Rhyme Dust is there at $2.50. And Troy Savan's Rush, this one's been the big mover, uh, into $4. So that one happens over the weekend. I don't know if there's any bangers. Uh, missile or MC that, that, that are, you know you enjoy that I might have missed there, but oh. um, look, there's all the markets. Is there anything by like uh, Fred again? Yeah, there is. Uh, the best one from Fred again is Adore You. Thirteen dollars you're getting for Adore You. Well, you reckon uh, MC? Any, do you get any nominations? Any, any Usher or Usher? <laughs> <laughs> He's playing at the Super Bowl. Uh, in I think you're about 20, 20 years out of the <laughs> yeah. I don't do I don't do the triple J. Oh, okay. No well, I, so you've painted your nails red, not in uh, in support of Doja Cat. Is that just a personal choice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, <laughs> that's what, that's what I did after I did the lawns yesterday. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Thanks, Hemi. Another great update. No worries. Boys chat tomorrow. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just joining us, here's some of what's making news. The Brisbane Heat have claimed this year's Big Bash title with a 54-run win over the Sydney Sixers at the SCG last night. We've been asking this morning, who are your top five most hated Queenslanders of all time? We'll get to some more of your responses shortly. The final test of the summer gets underway later today. Join Jared Waitley, Damian Fleming, Ian Healy and the SEN cricket team for every ball of the Brisbane day-night test live from the Gabba. That starts 2pm Sydney time today. We're now left with four competitors in each of the men's and women's singled straw. The biggest upset of yesterday... Carlos Alcaraz, gone MC, gone. Alexander Zverev has knocked him out. Opens it right up now for Djokovic because it looked like Alcaraz would be the only one to challenge him. We'll chat with Brett Phillips next hour and Nick Kyrgios, human headline. He's contradicted his own newspaper column in which he said he was considering retirement. He now denies he's considering retirement. Go figure, MC. It's one of your fellow Greek compatriots. Yeah, yeah I, oh, I can't work. No one can work him out, but... 
I hope he stays in the public eye for a little bit longer yet. It's part of the mistake of mm-hmm. Nick Curious. No one can work him out. All right, Gladiators, back on TV, MC. Yeah. Switched over last night, saw a bit of it, uh, back in all its lycra <laughs> <laughs> and glory. Uh, now, I was I was a huge Same. Gladiators loved fan. It. Huge loved Gladiators it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So I feel very lucky to introduce right now, Mark McGaw, welcome to Summer Breakfast. Good morning, James, world champion and MC, the legend of rugby league reporters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, good start. We'll just play that all summer. <laughs> now, you feature both in the what? 90s edition and you're featuring in the rebooted edition right now, Mark. I've got some audio here before we get to you. Contender, are you? Now, Mark, we all remember you as as Hammer from the original series. You're now back as a referee. Uh, how does it feel coming back as uh, as part of the crew for the new Gladiators? Well, firstly, I've been practicing that for 30 years. <laughs> I think uh, we all practiced that yeah, back we in the did. day. <laughs> and I tried to get the Lycra on 30 years later, and they, I went in it to be a Gladiator, and they said, no, nah, it doesn't fit. Um, look, the only thing we got left is a ref. Do you want to take it? And I said, yeah, look, no problem. I'll take it. So I don't have to wear the Lycra, fortunately. Uh, you played a lot of rugby league, mate, under a, a few different referees. Did you, Bill Harrigan, did you give him a call? Did you give anyone a call on, on techniques and, and how to let it go and flow and that sort of stuff? Well, Bill's a shire boy at the moment, mm. and um, so I had a chat with him about it about a few months ago. But um, one, there was one referee I tried not to emulate, and that was the grasshopper, because I heard your boys talking about you know people you hate. Yes, I can tell you there was some uh, dubious decisions back then, but um, mm. they're all on TV now, and they replay it, and they come back, and you can go to the screens. It's all new to me, so um, I was in the bunker half the time. <laughs> well, during your well, just on that the. Queenslanders, we love to hate during your footy career. Who who were some of the ones that stood out for you? Look, I suppose the guys that run over you. And, um, you know, State of Origin, I was lucky enough to play quite a few State yeah. of Origins. Yeah. And, and, you know, Wally, uh, you know, Wally, you always brought the team up, you know. And um, even though you one-on-one, you probably weren't too worried too much about him. as what he could do on the line. He could always just... For some reason, they get on, on your line and they always went over for six points. Well, back then, I think it was less than that. But um, <clears throat> So he had that natural knack. But, um, you know, I tell you, the little blokes that could run like Jigger Ferguson, they're the guys that I struggled to tackle. You know, they're always quicker than you. So we'd love to hate them. Tell me, Mark, just on Gladiators, so when you signed on to, to be one of the Gladiators, did you ever imagine how big the show would get and, and how much of a... Um, I guess, how much coverage it would get in popular culture throughout Australia? Well, I, you never know. Um, in 1990, I suppose it was a gamble because it came from America and the yeah. UK then turned it into a stadium and you know, they brought that concept back to Australia in 1995. And, and you know, it's something probably the, uh, the general public are starving of, just some good home family fun. Um, and I think that'll always be there. And the Gladiators brings that. 
And uh, there's a whole heap of new games that are coming through and, and there's competition and there's a little bit of, you know, the gladiators are trying to cheat here and there. I've got to keep my eye on that. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, as I said to them, they're better off having another gladiator keeping them in order than, than uh, you know, I can go in there and, <clears throat> and I can, uh, especially Sandor, you know, he's uh, ex-rugby league <laughs> and, you know, we don't, we don't want him running rampant. What similarities are there in terms of or, or, or differences that you identify between the, the the shows and the contestants from from back in the day? Well, there is a fair few dis- uh, changes, and and um, I suppose the obvious one was that they don't have a crowd this year. Um, in nineteen ninety five, they had the crowd, <clears throat> and what they tried to bring, I think, and I, and you know, I'm only just looking on the outside in when I see the finished version of the show, but they're trying to bring some real reality to it. So when you hit it, when you see uh, Maximus whack a contender and you hear the noise, boom, and then you you, you hear the grunt and he falls to the ground, and that brings that um, closeness, a bit like having, I suppose, the uh, microphone on the stumps, mm. and um, so you can really hear what the contenders are going through and. You know, they're pretty much, as when they finish the Eliminator, if they're not going to be chucking over the side, you know, they haven't pushed themselves hard enough. Hard enough. And uh, as a ref being there live and watching it, you know, and the, usually the filming ended up pretty late at night, and here they are geeing themselves up to get over the line, and they're all, you know, they're all holding their breaths ready to spew because they put so much into it. And they did. Everything you see is fair income legit, and they, they full-on go hard. And it's a tough course, real tough course. Now, as a rugby league player, you're a mountain of a man. But in, in my mind, anyway, as Hammer, you were enormous. What was the workout like uh, protocol like to get in shape to be a gladiator? Well, I was lucky enough to be already playing rugby league. I was in my last year. Alan Jones was the coach at South Sydney. And um, <clears throat> I said to Alan, I said, look, they've asked me to do this show on TV. And he said, well, what are you doing at the end of the year? And I said, look, I'm going to retire at the end of the year. And he said, well, go and you know, get, take a couple of weeks. And this was before the season started, but we're in pre-season. And he said, just go and forge you a new career. So I said, okay. So I went over. There. And the, the only thing that really had to change for me, because a lot of it was explosive. And by that stage, we were, we were coming into the season, explosive. Um, but the, you know, running up the pyramid for a minute, you know, um, was, was an area that we had to look at. Um, a little bit more agility. There was a game called Pursuit where you, you ran and on, a, on a stick and you had to, you know, go left and right uh, and chase the uh, contenders. So we just, I just changed my, um, my training to be a bit more shorter and sharper, but you had to actually play on the games. And we practiced for two weeks leading up to the show on the games, the rings. I mean, I held on to the rings for five seconds, so they, they cut me from that. Um, <laughs> so naturally, I did all of the Powerball, the, 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 um, the Pyramid, and um, I did a bit of Jewel. And there's a few other games there that you might remember. Uh, there was Slingshot and uh, a few others. But, uh, you know, there's a new game in the new show this year. It's coming out, and I saw it advertised. It's called The Edge, and it's brilliant. And it's, a perfect, it's perfect for rugby league footballs. Well, in lounge rooms around Australia, there were young kids, myself included, emulating the hammer. Yeah. Now in lounge rooms around Australia, there'll be parents emulating the hammer as the referee. So uh, it's been amazing to see the, the transformation um, for, for you on the Gladiators, but uh, so good to see the show back on TV. It's on 10 and 10 play at 7.30 p.m. Sunday to Friday. Thanks for joining us on Summer Breakfast. Uh, do we call you Mark or Hammer? 
Um, you can call me anything but late for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Mark. Uh, all the best with the rest of the series. As I said, catch out on 10 and 10 play at 7.30 p.m. Sunday to Friday. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. We're here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Bryden's Lawyers. You can text us during the show on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Edgewater Homes mortgage fund up to $1,500 a month off your home loan. T's and C's apply. That text number 0457 736 736. We've been talking Queensland villains all morning after the Brisbane Heat defeated the Sydney Sixers in the Big Bash last night. The Bathurst Bulldog says, Queensland villain, aggro. That little sock puppet used to chant, Wally, Wally. <laughs> and it ruined my childhood knowing that Cartoon Connection was made by banana benders who didn't support New South Wales. Did you ever watch Cartoon Connection back in the day? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. It was like Cartoon Connection and Cheese TV. I was Cheese TV. I was... But I, I missed it most mornings because of swimming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, a, yeah, Pokemon. See, Dragon Pokemon, Z, yeah, so that's, that's before, that's after me. Yeah. I wasn't a, yeah. I wasn't a Dragon Ball. Yeah. I was like Ninja Turtles. You are more of a 70s kid, weren't you? <laughs> Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles was my guy. Like, power, I didn't do Power Rangers. Did you do Power Rangers? Nah. nah. Power Rangers with corny ass. Yes. Uh, we've got a few texts here around Tavita Pangai Jr. Um, we'll chat that after... Eight o'clock and some yeah, developments. Yeah, as a Bulldogs in, fan, this is some pissed deve- me right Some off. developments in, in his future, but other text messages. You know what? He's a Queensland villain because he wanted to play for Queensland over New South Wales. So Tavita. <laughs> he did play for Queensland, didn't he? The way he no, performed. He, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of their best players. <laughs> uh, Iron Bronco. Thought I'd even it up. Most hated from New South Wales. Oh, yeah. Paul Gallen. Mm-hmm. Jerome Luai. Yes. Scott Morrison. <laughs> okay. Barnaby Joyce. Mm-hmm. Andrew Fafita. Not bad. They are some good villains amongst Ryan those. Bronco, that's not the theme. We're smashing Queenslanders, not New South Welshmen. Yeah, and he's had a little crack at TPJ there as well. Yep. Uh, Western Sydney Eagle says the hammer, which was Mark McGaw, got his ref tips from Cameron Smith. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, morning, guys. Modern day Queensland op. Do you know what that means? As the young ones call it these days is Tino. Op must be like bad guy. Op. Op. I feel like that's maybe a PlayStation term. Not sure. From his questionable running style, defensive lines to holding a Matt Bird in the yes. origin fight. Let let me add him. Lee from P- oh, Lee from Peakhurst. Maybe you can go past yeah, and take a photo. Yeah, rip into him. Maybe he can go past and take a photo of that dog, um, that if sign in, my, in, in the neighborhood because that's like a straightaway. Lee, you said let me add him. I'll, I will let you add him. Get into him. Did you see uh, oh, his name's going to escape me now. The guy that was doing the COVID update numbers on TikTok before they got released by the New yeah, South Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I, I met him in Vegas. Good guy? John Bernard. John Bernard. There you go. He did a video uh, interviewing Bulldogs fans saying, what would you like to say to Tino? Yeah. Oh, hilarious. Let me at Tino. I'll oh, smash him. Like, yes. uh, you know, Tino, one of the biggest men in the world. Karaz. 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 John Bernard. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny guy. Very I told funny. him to stop carving me up. <laughs> oh, did he do some of the Luai stuff. stuff? Yeah, he kept carving me up. Yeah. Uh, Luke Keery is a Queensland villain. No number to that one. And Rooster Muzz says, all of the bastards. Nice. Nice. Lucky and, they're not with us anymore. They've now joined Pat and Gills <laughs> at six. And Snook, John Plath and Andrew G were always good for a stray knee and elbow. John Plath must be pre-my time. No, he's a good player. Very, like, John Plath was a good player. Lots of injuries, but really good player. Um... But no, I don't remember their style of play. 
Uh, Maggie, why did you have to mention that pathetic countdown from another station? It used to be on Australia Day, but they changed it because they hate Australia Day as much as Cricket Australia and that supermarket chain. Uh, we just wanted the odds on it. Countdown 100 to 1. Yeah, it used to be on Australia Day, no longer. What are you doing on Australia Day? Are you doing anything tomorrow? Um, yeah, we're going out. We've got drinks with friends. Celebrate the great nation. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Nothing crazy. What about yourself? Um, one of my wife's friends has just got citizenship. So oh, we're nice. going to go celebrate with her. Yeah, that'd be good. And welcome to this good nation of ours. Yes. Uh, breakfast powered by Kubota for over 40 years. We've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together.